the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas, pastor of At The Cross Church in Oceanside, California. Today we will have a guest speaker and her name is Cleta Riojas. Ironically, she is my wife, and she is the uh, director of a school that we have at the church. So I wanted to interview her, but I want to remind you that after this interview, we will be going through the book of John, and we will start in John chapter 1. Cleta, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am blessed. Praise the Lord. <laughs> So let me ask you a few questions so that the general people that are listening today can kind of get an understanding of who you are and what you do. So here is my first question. How did Freedom Generation get started? So it actually used to be known as At The Cross Academy um, last year. And what we did was it was um, an interesting maneuver back in probably 2020 when all the parents were at home and and basically uh, you know stuck at home at, behind that computer home, homeschooling essentially their child um, I'd realized at that point that even though as part of a uh, a charter school that they you know they make you believe that even though they're a public charter school you still have the right as a parent to know what your child is being educated in. I realized at that point that even the CRT curriculum was creeping in. Uh, the Common Core math, even at that point, was um, just beyond um, any anything as far as uh, realizing that that's not the best way to educate a child with Common Core math concepts. And at that point, I realized that it was it was essentially time to just pull my children out and homeschool a hundred percent. And during that time, there was many parents that wanted to do the same thing. And so I had met with Dr. Lisa Dunn from um, Awaken Academy, and she walked me through the whole process of really how to create this structured environment to where there's structure and, um, and really freedom for the parents to be able to choose uh, a child's curriculum and to work alongside them and to know that as a parent, you can educate your child. That's originally how it was. So here's my second question. I know that you have basically two programs going on during uh, the week. What is the difference between classical conversations, which is one of the programs that you're overseeing, and Freedom Generation? Perfect. So Classical Conversations is um, essentially a community of like-minded families that 
work together in community one day a week. So they are the homeschooling parents that just want to meet one day a week and the rest of the day or the rest of the week they're homeschooling. And But what I love about Classical Conversations is that it really does equip um, the homeschool parents with confidence to be able to raise the child up. And it also equips them in, in guiding them along their child's educational development from the age of, well, we'll say infancy, but at four years old all the way through high school. Um, their curriculum has been sound and tested as far as, um, you know, doing it from it's rooted in a classical model and it really tunes into the children naturally as far as how they best learn. But one of the things with classical education, uh, why we do offer that to the parent once a week on Mondays is that it does give that homeschool an opportunity to meet one day a week. But then there's also the parents who have done the public school exit who needed more, um, you know, community. They needed a little bit more guidance and, you know, can I do this? Am I able to do this? And so that's where, you know, Freedom Generation Higher Education came alongside the parents to offer the other three days a week to really walk alongside them and tutor their tutor their child along their educational journey. Hmm, fantastic. So I know that school's about to start uh, generally for all public schools and the fall is coming up. How soon can a child be enrolled for the fall of 2022? So right now we're taking in an interest list and interviewing families and walking them through what we do um, with both of them. So with Classical Conversations on Monday and then um, the other three days a week, we're um, really just explaining the whole process. And and uh, many times what we found when um, whether you're a homeschooling parent and just searching for a wonderful community like Classical Conversations on Monday or you want maybe some elective options with, um, you know, taking, you know, other core classes, maybe a mother is not um, – you know, a a sound in math or anything like of that nature. And so she wants to go and maybe have her child be tutored with math. And so that's one of the other things. So all that to say, um, we are taking the interest and our um, registration process is open in the first week of August and we'll be opening up classes to register second week of August. With everything going on within the school system and everything being taught, and uh, I literally look at it as ungodly, uh, horrific uh, indoctrination, is it really possible for every parent to exit the public school system? Yes. And um, and it's interesting because one of the things, and I just kind of want to back up a little bit, is one thing that sets um, this particular system aside is that we're not essentially a co-op. I think many times um, parents think um, when you exit the public school system, all they have out there to offer is just co-ops and, you know, it's just kind of a free fall with everything. But what we have realized that most, especially myself included being a mom, um, is I needed structure for my children Um, And I needed also the freedom to be able to break away and not be 
you know, a slave to the edu- the public school system. So, for example, with like the mandates, with the masking of the children and the vaccines, we we are value medical freedom, and we also value you know the parents' decision on whether or not they're going to you know mask their children. Now, that being said, most of the parents at our educational center um, choose not to mask, and most of them even choose not to be vaccinated um, as well as their children. And so there's freedom in that. And as far as um, that particular goes, one of the things is that we have found that parents tend to transition better out of a public school system into this educational environment where there is structure and there is freedom for, the, for their child. Um, you know, I, there's so much stuff going on. Right now, there's probably over 500 deaths uh, that are directly related to the vaccine. Right. Athletes are falling out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when Fauci first wrote his thesis on, on, uh, on masking in 2019-18, he thought, he said that literally that was probably the causing agent that killed most of the people during the Spanish flu. Right. Now. Let me ask you another question. What does Freedom Generation offer that other schools don't? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. So we're a community of basically parents, grandparents, guardians, and educators uh, supporting parents with their child's educational journey. Um, apart from, of course, the core of the heartbeat of what we would love to see is more parents being trained up in tutoring and coming alongside their parents and alongside community. However, we also have found that other educators um, fit right into um, this, the community that we've created here, but it doesn't stop there. We really walk alongside the journey of detaching from the governmental system. And it goes back to the whole idea of really going back to how it used to be, um, you know, that we, the parents, it's our children, it's not the government's children. And we are the ones who God has entrusted us with these precious gifts from heaven. And it is not the government's job to educate and to essentially indoctrinate our children with their um, beliefs. I have to agree with you. Hey, if you just joined us, welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. And currently we have a special guest, Cleta Riojas, who is the director of Freedom Generation. Let me ask you uh, another question. Why would I want to exit the public school system? (laughs) That's good. So the government schools are not teaching from a position of faith in God. And as much as Christian parents want to believe sending them off to be a light in the darkness, it's actually quite the opposite. Um, We're literally leading our children um, straight into uh, the slaughters, essentially. And our job as parents, I believe, is is leading our child into straight to Jesus. But one of the things, too, is that education— the core of education is discipleship. So the student essentially becomes like the teacher. So if it's the parent, you're becoming you as the parent, knowing how you're going to best 
raise your child. And most of the times we think when you realize it from that perspective that you're basically, do you really want your child to become like the atheist teacher in a public education who their core values, regardless of what they believe, um, is going to be implemented into your child? And Christian education, I think if you look at it further, is best understood as equipping each generation to be trained up to be a follower of Christ. So at the core of it, this is ultimately a family matter. It's not a governmental mandate. And when we look at even, you know, in Proverbs in Proverbs 1, 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the Bible describes fools as those who say there is no God. Yet, how can we send our children to a school where they are systematically taught foolishness that rejects Christ? And so even in Matthew, you know, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, Matthew eighteen five. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great milestone fastened around his neck and to be drowned to the depth of the sea. Um, even further, if when we look back at like Harvard's college original mission statement in 1637, it defined this as an education. This is the purpose of an education from Harvard. Um, they said, let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. And that's John seventeen three. And they go further to say, or they went further to say, and therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. And so when we see how far we've gone in our public education, or even Harvard for that matter, we can see that we have gone further and further away from the Lord and allowing um, the government to kind of dictate their immor- the immorality that has been placed in embedded into the curriculum itself and that's the core of how we've been training our children you know they've uh, it's been said that if you send your children to caesar don't be surprised if you get roman soldiers amen i agree absolutely now how involved um as a parent can i be and can I really be a part of my child's education journey? Good. That's good. So we encourage all parents to be involved in their educational, uh, their child's educational journey um, in so much that we, when we meet to go over the curriculum for the year, we invite parents and let's sit down. Let's, you know, go over and discuss what it is that the child will be learning that particular year in that semester. What curriculum will we be using? Why is it that we're, we decide as parents to choose this particular curriculum? Um, now, has that's something that you don't see in the public school system because in governmental schools, they're basically telling you what, you're, what they're going to teach your child. And you don't have a say, although they make you believe that you do, but you really don't. We it's clear as day. And so being a part, whether it's becoming a tutor and, or even volunteering in the class, or I know some parents are working, you know, we have full-time parents that work all the time. So they're unfortunately, they're not able to be there. So what we've done is we've created this 
where parents can be involved in really sitting down and discussing here's the curriculum. And so even that alone is a big opportunity to be involved in your child's educational journey. So obviously everything costs money. Um, What options do you have for lower income or single parents? Mm -hmm. So what we do is that that is based on a case by case basis. And we, it's determined ultimately by the amount of scholarship donations that come into the educational ministry. And, but I would go as far as to say that, that this should not be the setback of your child's education. Now we do have some amazing um, donors that have come in last year that have helped low income families, even single parents. And we've had some just amazing testimonies, even with that alone. And so I would even go too far to say as to your viewers, um, that would be something to consider, to pray about, to partner with. Amen. Um, now, this is probably a big question. You know, I, throughout my lifetime, I've always noticed that uh, the kids that come out of private schools or Christian schools are, aren't the best kids as far as behavioral, uh, in a behavioral sense. Now, do I have to be a Christian to be part of uh, – this school? Very good. So all of the children um, participate in morning chapel and Bible study, regardless of their parent, their beliefs and what they're being raised in. But additionally, what we have done is we have applied biblical worldview um, strategically and systematically to all of our core subjects of education. So basically, there is n- almost no topic that is as relevant to the future of Christianity or as controversial, for, for that matter, as the education of children. So when we look at choosing our curriculum, we carefully choose curriculum that points right back to the creator. So um, at the beginning when we had started, um, one of the things that had frustrated me as a parent was the Common Core math, the, the Common Core education. And, and when you look at Common Core educators, what they're doing is they're seeking to teach the new, new math, the whole math, which is – It's like it's this grammatical counterpart. It's like a whole language, which insists that absolutes are unnecessary. So ultimately what they're doing is the method includes guessing, rounding, and and approximating, and an integrated mark approach, so to speak. So when you see that this postmodern educator, such as Common Core Math, it's, it's really seen or asking how a child feels about an answer and it's leading the child that your answer and how you feel about it is more important than the objective correctedness of the answer. And so through mathematics, we understand more of the nature of God and that math is the easiest way to under- understand moral absolutes. Two plus two equals four. And it cannot amount to anything else. It is consistent and it will not equal four once once, and five another time. It's always going to be the same. And so even that alone, when we look at what is being taught in the public education and this whole new concept of Common Core, um, when you look at the understanding of it, and then you can understand why even going back to the question is, what if, you know, if I'm not a Christian, can I be a part of Freedom Generation Educational Services? Uh, you can, and, it, and I would even go as far to say that by the end of your educational journey with us, 
I truly believe that every child will have a sound understanding of who our Creator is. Hey, if you just tuned in, welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas, pastor of At the Cross Church in Oceanside. I have a guest today, and I've been asking her questions. And here is literally, to wrap this up, the last couple of questions. Um, And if we can be kind of brief, Mrs. Riojas, that would be fantastic. (laughs) How does your schedule differ from public schools? Yes. So we trade in the eight-hour day for a four-hour day. Uh, There's no school on Fridays. However, we do offer um, early and late pickups. Um, That being said, we encourage parents to participate with their children. Even We even offer tutor training to parents who want to be more involved in their child's day-to-day education. Um, And why we do that is what we found is students in, in school classrooms spend thousands of hours being instructed by people who are not their parents. And there's almost no way to calculate what a powerful force of influence that is on the child. Um, and going back to what, how it's important that we believe that the parent is the best educator, we want to support that and we want to encourage that. And so you can find um, that four hours you can really get through all of your course subjects and learn so much. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. I'm glad you said that because sometimes school can get a little tedious. I remember my high school days. That is very good. So here, I'm interested in your school. I want to go. I want to be part of uh, this program. How do we contact you, Cleta Riojas? Absolutely. So you can um, visit us at at atthecrossoceanside.org. And on there we have many – we have – all of the information for our classical conversation community on Mondays and our freedom generation, higher education, uh, tutoring services, uh, the other days a week. And, and you can call us and we would, any of us would love to talk with you. So give me a phone number. <laughs> yes. That's 760-994-3534. Give me a, a website number. I can contact you. with. <laughs> that would be um, at the cross oceanside.org. At the cross Oceanside.org. Get involved. I think this will be a great program for those that are tired of getting Roman soldiers. Amen. Praise the Lord. Woohoo! If you just tuned in, welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just finished speaking with our guest speaker today from Freedom Generation, uh, uh, Higher Education, and Now, our next part of the show, we will go into the book of John. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. And if you just tuned in, we are about to delve into the book of John. Let me tell you a little bit about John, the author of this book. Of course, he was led by the Holy Spirit, and every word that came out of his mouth 
was God breathed. Uh, John was one of the apostles uh, of Jesus Christ, one of the twelve. Uh, the book of John was written probably after the destruction of the temple, after 70 A.D. sometime. Uh, it is believed that John was probably Jesus' cousin because of some of these verses that we find in Scripture. Now, I, I love the book of John, and let me tell you what. John describes Jesus as God, creator of everything that we know. Uh, Matthew, on the other hand, looks at Christ as the king. Mark looks at him as the servant, and Luke as a man. And John, my favorite apostle, looks at him as God, God creator. And as we get to delve into this book, uh, uh, it's very powerful in a sense that it starts off, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What I like about how it begins is that literally John takes us back to Genesis, the very first book that was written. And let me tell you why, because the very first book that was written says this uh, in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It's phenomenal when you look at that verse. In the beginning, time, God created the heaven, space, and the earth matter all at one shot. It wasn't thousands of years. It was literally within six days, he created everything that we see and that the human eye can look upon. And this is how John starts his book. In the beginning was the word, and, and that word word is the word logos, and that word was with God, and that word was God. When we look down further into this chapter, we see that, we see that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us literally telling us that Jesus, Jesus is God. Jesus took on a human body, and it is phenomenal when you're able to look at this and see that Jesus is God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Literally telling us that Jesus is the creator, the the sustainer, the one who made everything, the Word. The Word became flesh, God. God became flesh. It's interesting when we look at the, uh, at, uh, at the beginning when, when man failed, when man, the fall of man took place and, and they bit the fruit and, and, and threw the whole universe into chaos. We can see in 3.15 that God was, in Genesis 3.15, that God was always thinking about us ahead of time. He loved you, he loved me, and he wanted humanity to be part of his glorious kingdom. In Genesis 3.15, we see that um, the seed of woman would eventually, literally, the seed would eventually trample, crush Satan's head. Now, 
biologically, the seed comes from man, and the seed here says it's from woman, literally telling us uh, about this birth that was going to be miraculous, miraculous, because every time Scripture speaks about the seed, it speaks about the seed of man. And here in Genesis 3.15, we see that that seed was of woman, miraculous put in there by God himself. In in Isaiah 7.14, it says that uh, a child uh, would be born and and that he would literally uh, be born without a a, a human natural affair. Let me read that for you so that you can get an idea what Isaiah 7.14 says. It is a powerful piece of scripture, and it speaks beyond anything we can comprehend. Now, mind mind you, Isaiah was written at least 700 years before Jesus appears on the scene. 714 says this, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. A reference to Genesis 3.15, when it's the seed of a woman, uh, and shall conceive a son and bear, and and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. The beautiful thing about that verse is that Matthew literally tells us in Matthew one twenty three, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us, God with us. A few chapters later, Isaiah tells us this wonderful, uh, amazing prophetic word about this child that was going to be born miraculous. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Without a doubt, the resounding, powerful word of God that tells us that Jesus is God. When I think back to my personal life, I, I didn't, I couldn't literally bow my knee to any man. I, I've always led. I was the team captain in all the sports that I played in high school, football, soccer, and even in track. But I couldn't really comprehend this thing of literally taking orders from anybody else. I always had a problem with my coaches because I thought I was it, that there was no one better than me and that I could coach myself. It wasn't until I believed that Jesus was God that transformed my life. When I ran across that verse in Isaiah 9, 6, it changed my life drastically. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, it just doesn't end there. If you've ever read the book of John, and if you haven't, there was this conversation going on with the, with the religious leaders at the time, and literally Jesus uh, says something powerful to these religious leaders that blew them away. Let me read that to you. John 8, verse 
verses 53 to 59. 53 says this, Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honors me, of whom you say he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And I should say, I know him not. I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and I keep his saying, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, You're not yet fifty years old, and how hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto him, Barely, barely, I say unto you, before Abraham was I am. What a powerful statement that was. It literally blew them away. Jesus was now claiming to be the great I am. And if you don't know who this great I am, it literally begins in Exodus. And you've probably seen the movie and you've probably heard about this person, uh, Moses, who had this encounter at this burning bush. And let me briefly read that to you. Exodus 3, 2 to 4. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will not turn aside to see this great sigh, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw, he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, and he said, here I am. And he said, draw thy hither off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Remember, it is now, he is now speaking to the angel of the Lord in the midst of the burning bush. And this conversation takes place. And I'm going to pick it up in, in verses 13 to 15. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, The God of your fathers has set me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me on to you. The great I am, Jesus, God, God, God Almighty. Listen, folks, if you just tuned in with freedom, with Adam Riojas, 
welcome. We are going through the book of John, and we are literally just beginning to read and go on this journey. We will now pick it up in verses uh, 3 and re-finish this sentence. All things were made by him, by Jesus. He is the creator, and without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. See, it's amazing when you begin to look at Scripture and see literally how Jesus claimed to be God. If you remember in the book of John, when Thomas literally did not believe who Jesus was, and you know, Thomas had walked with Jesus. Thomas literally had held his hand. Thomas saw him perform these miraculous miracles, but he didn't believe that he had resurrected. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appears to him. And let me uh, read directly from what Scripture says. John chapter 20, verses 26 and on. And after eight days again, the disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, his doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. Not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord, and my God, the great profession. See, you could never truly know the Lord Jesus until you accept who he is. He is God in the flesh. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word God in the Hebrew is Elohim. It's a plural name for God, yet it means one God, Elohim, the God of creation. He made all things. It isn't until you accept who he is that your life can drastically change. I know that happened in my life, and I know that that's exactly what he did as soon as I was able to accept who he was. And there's all kinds of places where you can look at. Uh, Philippians 2, 5 to 11, Colossians 1, 15, 18, where it tells you he is the creator of everything, that he made all things. Colossians 2, 8 to 10, Titus 2, 11, 14, Hebrews, Hebrews 1, 1 through 10, 1 John 5, 7, 1 John 5, 20. Let me read that verse to you. Um, John, remember, wrote this book, and John was literally the only one that showed up at the cross after they all, at his crucifixion when they all took off like cowards. But look what 1 John 5.20 says. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us all understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. And here's the boom. This is the true God and eternal life. It literally tells you that Jesus Christ is the true God, the true God, as we continue to go through the book of John, I want to welcome any of you that have just tuned in 
to freedom with Adam Riojas as we go through the book of John. John chapter 1, verse 6, verse 6 says this, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe he was not the light but was sent to bear witness of the light. John the Baptist, John the Baptist, it's interesting when you read his story, we see here that this man was sent to bear witness of Jesus Christ. The whole world was stirred up during this time. There was a man now that that literally was proclaiming that the Messiah was coming and that people needed to repent. People needed to repent and that this light could light up the light in men and that men could literally become alive again spiritually. There was a verse 9, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Let me read that again. He was in the world. Jesus was in the world and the world was made by him. Jesus made the world and the world knew him not. How sad is that? The creator of the universe shows up into human history and the people do not recognize him. He came into unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received them, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Here is something powerful if you're, if you're listening right now, that Jesus came to the Jewish people to his own. His own did not receive him. But here is something for you. You have now the opportunity to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be the true light of my life. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you came for me, Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And from that point on, if you truly mean that, your life would change forever. Forever, if you literally allow Jesus to come into your heart. Verse 13 says this, which was born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. It is a spiritual thing that happens. God renews you the moment you find yourself in a dark place. The moment when everything seems seems bleak, when there's no hope, Jesus can give you that hope. Jesus can be that light in darkness. Verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh. God was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And truth. Those are some powerful words. Grace and truth. It's God's mercy. It's God's truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is 
only one absolute truth, and that is Jesus. John bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spoke. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Jesus was before John the Baptist. John the Baptist was six months older than Jesus. But here we see John the Baptist literally tells us that he is before him. That's because Jesus is from eternity. In Micah 5.2, it says that, that he is from eternity, that he is from eternity. He's God. He's self-existent. He sustains himself. He holds all things together, the word says. Listen, Jesus is the only way to God. People will often tell you that there's many ways to God, but Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but through me. Today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Today, you can ask Jesus into your heart and your life will be changed radically. If you are already a believer and somehow have strayed, Jesus can put you right back in a right standing. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God loves you. God loves you. Jesus came to save you, to redeem you back to himself, to bring you back to himself. Here's the honest truth. We're all going to die. All of us, unless Jesus shows up and takes his believers to be with him. But the reality is that we're all going to die. And if you think this is hell, this is the closest you will ever see heaven. And if you think this is heaven, you don't know what you're missing out on. Life ends here, and then it continues. I want to invite you to ask Jesus into your heart. I want to pray for you if you're out there right now. Lord, if there's someone listening today to this show, to Freedom with Adam Riojas, my name means nothing, God. Today, it's all about you, Lord. I would ask you, Father, to help that person understand who you are. Lord, I, I, I pray for that person that, that's in a dark place today, God. I pray for that person that's contemplating suicide, Lord. I pray for that person that has lost all hope, that is addicted to everything the world has to offer. And I pray, God, that you would be this merciful God and bless them, Father. Some of you may be wondering today, 
how can you possibly get to know me a little bit better and who I am? This is Freedom with Adam Riojas, pastor of At The Cross Church in Oceanside. You can find us at atthecrossoceanside.org or simply call our phone number 760-994-3435. We are not asking for money. We are not asking for anything from you. We are only simply wanting to give you the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for being part of this show. And when we come back, we will pick it up in the book of John again. We want to take this journey together. And I believe that God wants to do something special for you. I believe that God wants to pour his spirit upon you. I believe that God wants to revive you. God wants to revive you. Partner up with us. Pray for us as we continue to pray for you at the cross, oceanside.org. Our phone number is 760-994-3534. God bless you, and thank you for turning, tuning in with us at K-Praise. Woohoo! God is good all the time. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.